Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things movie and nostalgia podcasts, go to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, a podcast where we revisit favorite pieces of pop culture from our youth to see if they're still as good all grown up. I'm Cara Gallo Regan, and with me, as always, is my co host, Jordan Poland Clark. Hello. And this week, due to some technical difficulties that we had with our scheduled guest, uh, we are breaking format again. We had to watch a Jane Austen adaptation that we, spoiler alert, did not enjoy. So instead, we decided for this episode to watch a Jane Austen adaptation we do like, and which also happens to be my personal favorite movie of all time. Uh, 1995's Clueless is a loose adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma set in Beverly Hills and was written and directed by Amy Heckerling and stars Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Paul Rudd, and Brittany Murphy. Uh, I already mentioned that I love this movie so much. It's my favorite movie. Uh, Jordan, what is your relationship to it? This movie is everything. (laughs) And it's all that matters. No, that's not true. But... I do feel I'm like I'm to agree. Like, I saw this movie, so I was nine when this came out. I saw it in the movie theater. Um, I don't know if this is real or not, but I remember seeing it in the movie theater with my best friend at the time and her two older cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like that was it, you know. Like once you saw this movie in 1995, like. It's all, it's, really, it's all that mattered. They were perfect. Their clothes were perfect. The way they talked oh my was God, perfect. The it was everything. The yeah. costumes in this movie are unbelievable. And we'll actually get to that at some point in the course of this episode. Because um, it's a huge part of the, the movie. And they're just so good. Everything is so good. So we also broke format a little bit in that we definitely have seen this. Yeah. And like fairly recently. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah, like a lot. Um, but I will say that I did see or maybe notice some things that I hadn't before. And it was interesting to watch it with like this lens that we keep using of like, you know, how are how are the women in this film? Yeah. Um, so I liked I liked that. I liked watching it's a, it yeah. with those thoughts. It's a, a strong ensemble cast mm-hmm. of mostly women. Not mostly women, but like pretty dominant yeah um it definitely does pass the bedstell test Mm -hmm. though not always (laughs) but uh yeah no it's so good um what was i gonna say next oh uh it occurred to me while i was watching it that i am now entirely too old for this to still be my favorite movie (laughs) no that's not true but like i'm 30 now I'm 30 now, and my favorite movie should probably not be about high schoolers. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I mean, because even though it's it's about high schoolers, but it's not a movie that was made only for high schoolers to watch. It was a movie that was made for everybody to watch. That's true. But I wonder, like, I wonder if you've never seen it before. And then you watch it and you're 30 for the first time. Is it still good? <laughs> I did talk to a 17-year-old who loves this movie. And I was like, okay. oh, oh, thank God. It like, you know, it gets passed on to the next generation and it's still good. So it is a good movie. 
Oh, yeah, that that I'm not questioning. It's absolutely a good movie. In fact, I dare I say it's a great movie. Perhaps the greatest? <laughs> I don't know. It's not for me to decide. <laughs> I can't believe like how many jokes are in it that I straight up did not understand until like five years ago. <laughs> Yeah. I was shocked the first time I watched it, like, in my 20s. First of all, I can't believe I was allowed to watch it when I was nine (laughs) and watch it so many times. Like, I definitely had it on VHS, I think. Yeah. Oh, I definitely (laughs) did. Um, Like, there's just so many, like, drug references and, like, sex (laughs) jokes. No shit. You guys got coke here? (laughs) I can't. And I can't remember, like, what I thought about that when I was young. Except for I don't remember thinking about it. Yeah, just one of those things that just kind of flies right past you and goes over your head. Yeah, Um, like, I think maybe I knew. Like, I knew, but I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, A lot of times, like, in recent years when I've seen this, it's been because it was, like, on TV. So it's, like, a version of it that's, like, cut and edited to be aired on cable um and one thing that i did notice uh that they definitely change for television um and i don't even i don't even know why like i remembered this but that scene when they're like at the mall and they're sitting in the booth talking about um having sex with boys uh yeah and ty says like i don't care just as long as his you know what isn't crooked um on television the way they do it is just as long as his you know what isn't you know what (laughs) i was like what is that supposed (laughs) to even mean uh i like that a lot (laughs) yeah there's actually like a lot of bad ADR in this movie that I noticed this time around that I don't think I noticed previously where like um, they go into a recording booth after they've shot and re-record dialogue either because oh yeah like the sound gets messed up or because they changed a line or something like that and so you can see their lips moving but it doesn't match the audio. My friend actually said while we were watching this he was like does some of this look dubbed? (laughs) And I was like no but maybe... (laughs) Yeah, no, there's definitely, like, a, a lot of it. <laughs> it was, I, I, I don't really think I had noticed it. it before, yeah. Um, There are some, I spent a really long time reading the Wikipedia and IMDb trivia and stuff for this, um, and I came across on IMDb the taglines for the movie, which were terrible and don't oh. represent it very well at all. The first one was sex clothes popularity is there a problem here which is like what does that mean i don't that sounds like like those words definitely do fit this movie but it sounds so bratty yeah and and the other one is sex clothes popularity whatever which of course is like a little bit more relevant but Um, something that I realized when I was like reading through some of the stuff that got cut out of the movie and like there were actually scenes in the trailer that didn't wind up making the final cut of the film that like I think the way that it was edited they actually made them less bratty Um, which I appreciate because I think there's so many portraits of teenage girls that just really focus on their brattiness and cattiness and these girls are like 
Yeah, they're shallow, but they're not mean, which is nice. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they, and they can be a little mean to each other and to other people, and they're judgmental, and... I mean, they're teenagers, But so. you don't, yeah, yeah, like, you never, there's never a part where I disliked them. Yeah. Like, the only real mean girl in this, I think, is Amber, and she is, like, a tertiary character. And even she isn't that mean. They just, like, keep calling her mean. She never does anything that mean. Like, you know, as compared to everybody else, she's about the same. Yeah, that's probably true. Whatever. If she doesn't do the assignment, I can't do mine. I can't do mine. I really like that when she says that whatever, she makes, like, W fingers. Oh, yeah. I, like, I told my roommates, I was like, I'm going to start using that on you in real life. <laughs> and I think, I think this movie, like, invented that, too, which you think so? entered the the lexicon, like, pretty seriously at, a, at one point in the 90s. I feel like, like people actually did that in real life. Yeah, like, whatever, and, like, as if... What else mm-hmm. do you think? Not, like, I don't, I wouldn't go as far as saying that this movie invented anything, but, like, yeah, I feel no, like there but was like, a lot of um, things that we walked around saying that were, like, straight out of this movie. Yes, that's definitely true. Much like, uh, this is a Keanu Club reference, um, the Bill and Ted franchise actually popularized a lot of that, like, Southern California slacker dude speak. Um, things like excellent and bogus uh, that had been kind of used in subcultures and like introduced into the larger popular lexicon. And the same thing was true for Clueless. Um, I did read at some point that I think somebody like published a book that like looked at, ah, here we go. One of the promotional items distributed to tie in with the film was a booklet called How to Speak Cluelessly. And it was a lexicon of many of the invented terms used for clueless, some of which became part of real teen lingo at the time. An example was a Baldwin being a very handsome male, as in the famous sibling actors. Yeah, so they use so many names to reference like what kind of person they say somebody is. Like she calls her mom a Betty. Mm-hmm. Um, there's she calls Amber one. a full-on Monet. <laughs> there's yeah, there's another uh, painter reference. Um, oh, uh, she looks like one of those, bon- but those she mispronounces. Bon- but she says it wrong. Yeah, yeah, she means Botticelli, but she says Bonnicelli, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then they call Christian something too, like when they're talking about how he's gay. Oh, in the car. Oh, gosh, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Murray uses a string of like derogatory no, terms. No, I don't for think Kevin. it's. I th- there's. I think there's another. There's something else where they. Oh gosh, I can't remember. But yeah, I I I was actually wondering like if they did invent some of those terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely did. A Barney. <laughs> I'm reading them now. Oh. Um. Something that I picked up this time around that I don't think that I had ever noticed before. I always just assumed that they were at Beverly Hills High School, which is uh, the setting of the show Beverly Hills 90210. And then I noticed uh, during the scene when they're in gym class that like the monogram on the gym teacher's sweatshirt is actually B-A and not B-H as I 
would assume that like Beverly Hills would be. And it turns out that the name of the school is actually Bronson Alcott High School. And Bronson Alcott was a 19th century transcendentalist writer best known for starting an ultimately unsuccessful utopian community called Fruitlands and for being the father of Little Women <laughs> author Louisa May Alcott. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And they I were... feel like there's some sort of loose tie in there. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so like somebody that was in Little Women has been in other things that we're we've done. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's okay. Um, there were two things that I noticed that I never noticed before. One, one I actually have a question about. So, like, Josh is is giving her shit. Is giving Cher shit for. Being Josh, selfish. her ex stepbrother. Yeah. Um, he's hanging around their house. I also love the line, you divorce wives, not children. I laugh yeah. every time. Um, <clears throat> so he's hanging around their house and he's like a college boy do gooder, like dressed in flannel, like not not Beverly Hills at all. Um mm-hmm. And so he kind of like is making fun of Cher, although he is he's pretty nice to her. Like he's a yeah, good, it's not that bad. But he's a good brother type to her. Yeah. You know, he he goes out driving with her. He rescues her when she needs a ride somewhere. Um, he obviously cares about her and her family. Um, mm-hmm. So, do you think that she helps Ty to try to prove to Josh that she's not oh, a yeah. bad person? I yeah, never thought that before until I watched oh. it this time. Yeah, it, it was all part of her, like, I'm going to do good in the world. So first she and Dion set up um, Miss Geist and uh, the other but that teacher. Was, but that wasn't to do good in the world. That was to change her grades. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I, th- yeah, so there, there's that. But then I think afterwards she was like, oh, I feel so good. I should start helping people all of the time. And that's when um, serendipitously... Ty shows up on her first day of school and she's like, oh my God, look at, look at this project that we can work on. I think she was trying to impress Josh. Like, I mean, she I might've been, she... I don't think that she was necessarily conscious of that. No, I don't think definitely. so either. But I think if you like, I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it's no, like, I think you're right. she, she liked him the whole time and she didn't recognize it as that, but mm-hmm. she really cared about impressing him. And this was her way. This is like the only thing she knew how to do, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. She um, didn't have any tree pe- uh, uh What was that group called? meetings of the the tree people they're yeah. gonna have marky mark come do a celebrity appearance plant a celebrity tree yeah celebrity um tree. So the other thing that i saw that i never noticed before was so she she gets all of her teachers to change her grades so that she gets better grades in school which her father is very proud of because he's <laughs> a lawyer and she argued her teachers into giving her better grades i couldn't so... be more proud if they were based on real grades <laughs> so so in that scene he looks at her report card and there's like a close-up of her report card and you can actually read what a lot of it says oh really so, yeah so we hit pause on it and uh it, it a lot of it was illegible, but for geometry, the comment was nice shapes. 
It was like A minus, nice shapes. That's funny. I never noticed that before, and it made me laugh. Uh, her dad, played by Dan Hedaya, uh, who was in uh, the Adams Family, which we did recently here on. Oh West yeah, he was. Yeah, he plays. He uh, is so angry and so funny. He's so good in that. Like, I mean, he's good in everything he does, but this is like an ex- an especially like on brand excellent performance he's for perfect him. Perfect in this. Yeah. Um, like when when Cher has tie has tie over for dinner for the first time, and he just walks in, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, hey, daddy, this is my friend Ty," and he just looks at her and he goes, "Get out of my chair." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. My, I think my favorite scene for him is when uh, Christian comes over to pick up Cher, like, for them to go out on the date. <laughs> He's like, I got a forty-five and a shovel. I doubt anyone would miss you. <laughs> um, but I like, I also like, like, Cher's not scared of him literally at all. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she knows that he's scary, but... She's not scared of him, and he is actually a good dad to her mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like really supportive, really proud of her, um, and and she takes really good care of him too. Like she's such a caretaker. Like yeah, like for somebody who is described as like shallow and selfish and all that. Like from the very beginning of the movie, she doesn't o- she doesn't always behave that way. She's more complex than that. Yeah, and that, I think that's, like, one of the things that, um, you know, draws so many of us to this movie is that, like, on its surface, it's about this dumb blonde who, like, only cares about shopping and, like, talks like whatever, and it turns out that, like, actually she's hilarious and she's smart and she's resourceful and she takes, like, she really cares about the people in her life. And, like... She always has good intentions, albeit, like, deeply misguided ones. So, yeah, she is a lot more, like, complicated. Yeah. Than... And and in a lot of ways, she she's not always, like, amazing at, like, taking care of herself, but she is really good at speaking. Who among us is, No, really? No, right. <laughs> um, and she's 16, so, like, of course she's not. Yeah. Um, but she is really good at speaking up for herself. Like, there's mm-hmm. never a moment in the movie when I feel worried about her. Like, yeah, I know. But I feel jealous this, of her, you know, all the time because she always has like a really good argument or like a really good comeback for everything. <laughs> yup. I'm like, oh god, if only my brain worked that quickly. Yeah, like even even when Elton get he gets like all rapey with her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, no, and she gets out of the car. Like, yeah. she's so strong. Yeah. If, <laughs> if only all of our uh, instincts was <laughs> to just say, ugh, as if, and like shove somebody <laughs> off of us. I mean, not that that would necessarily, you know, help things, but whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, she, um, she's gotten a crisis. One thing that I noticed for the first time is that when Ty um, is over her house and she comes home after failing her driving test and she's like all upset and Ty is like trying to trying to get it in with uh, Josh and they have this kind of like 
don't know if I would call it a fight, but this like they kind of spar back and forth. Um, oh, because... it's a fight. She says you're a virgin who can't drive. Yeah, that's a and fight. That's, <laughs> that is a fight. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the thing that I had never noticed before is that Alicia Silverstone actually has real tears in her eyes when, oh. like, when they show her reaction shot, and she says like. That's way harsh, Ty. Um, and I was like, oh my god. She's such a good actress. <laughs> is she a good actress, though? Or was she just, like, meant to play this part? Um, I don't know. I think she's pretty good. I've seen her in other things that I've enjoyed. And I think that she had a hard time after this movie getting cast as other roles. You know what I mean? That, like, yeah, she was so pigeonholed by this. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of seeing her in is, like, Batman and Robin mm-hmm. and um, Excess Baggage. I don't think I know that one. I don't. I, she I really gets like... locked in a trunk. She, like, fake yeah. kidnaps herself. Okay. I really like Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> oh, I guess I have seen that. That one's good. Uh, what else has she been in? Let's see. Oh, she was actually, I haven't yet seen this, but it is on my uh, list of things that I need to watch. Amy Heckerling made another movie with her back in 2012 called Vamps, where she and Kristen Ritter actually play vampires. Um, So, like, obviously, I need to see that. Oh, I remember everyone saying that was terrible, though. Yeah, me too. But what if it's not? You know? Maybe. What if it's actually really good? Anyway. Yeah. Um, wow, she's been in a lot more stuff than I realized. I'm just like scrolling through her IMDb page right now. Um, oh, she was in all those Aerosmith videos. Yeah, I knew that. I remember that. She was in The Babysitter, uh, which a teenage babysitter is the focus of two boys and a man's separate obsessions. Um, mm. I don't. I just get that one confused with something else that I can't remember the name of. I think that this was Paul Rudd's first movie. If not the first, like definitely an early, early role for him. Because this was definitely before he was, you know, Paul Rudd, America's Sweetheart. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, what a cast, really. I mean... <laughs> So Stacy Dash grew up to be terrible, and she was a Fox News commentator for a while. She no longer is. And I said this to you yesterday when we weren't recording that um, I think that Stacy Dash being a Fox News commentator is actually clueless canon. That like <laughs> the character of Dion uh, grew up and changed her name to Stacy and got a job at Fox News. Uh, I think that's like totally within the realm of possibilities so that's how i like to think of it but stacy dash is fantastic and she's really good in this movie and she's from new jersey uh wait let's pause there because let's talk about dion okay i i wish that i knew dion better like i want me too. i want almost more dion in this movie i don't think yeah. they develop her character enough because so much of it especially towards the end comes about becomes about ty and um, share mm-hmm. and they kind of send Dion off to just like be with Murray yeah which like now that I think about it is like 
not weird, but it's like they introduce her as the main character's best friend in the beginning, and then she kind mm-hmm. of disappears. Although I guess that's what happens in high school. Your yeah. best friend gets a boyfriend. Yeah. That's definitely what happens in high school. Or, you know, like sometimes your best friends with somebody and then they start being friends with somebody else and then that's that causes like a weird triangular dynamic that can mm-hmm. you know cause problems but yeah they don't ever like address it in the movie the only time they kind of do is after ty has her near her near-death experience and like everyone is crowded around her at the lunch table and dion like wants to talk to her and hang out with her and not share and share feels yeah. like super left out that's like the only time that you really see that dynamic but it's more of a like tie is just is the center of attention yeah right. um, i just wanted to pause and talk about that yeah no that's important because she is so good in this and it's a great character and she should be in it more Brittany murphy also a new jersey woman or at least she was up into a certain point in her life, uh, who is also so great in this. Yeah. And um, is dead now, which is super yeah, sad. Yeah, it was really sad. She's so good in everything, though, too. She's she was like, on King of the Hill. She's very adorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Donald Faison, who plays Murray, then went on to do so much, but I think most people would probably know him from Scrubs. Oh, Brecken Meyer plays Travis here's a fun what what were you gonna say I just like feel sad like because he did this and then he was in what other teen movie was he in he was in a lot of teen movies I feel he was in um oh gosh what's he was in road trip what's the one with the big rat race um yeah I know what you're talking about and Seth Green is in it and Mm -hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone was in it. Ethan Embry, who I also am sad that he wasn't in more things. Um, oh, man. Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah, he that was, one. He was in Can't Hardly Wait. Like, barely, I feel like. But, I, like, I feel like Brecken Meyer was, like, the kind of the kind of guy that, like, I would have a crush on, mm-hmm. you know, in the 90s when I would see him yeah. in movies. Like, him and, like, Seth Green, like, kind of, like, the not, like, hottest guy, but, like, the nerdy guy a little or, like, the cool guy mm-hmm. who's, like, a little different than everybody else. So I feel sad that he didn't – he's, like, not around that much anymore. No, but he is. He does a is lot he? of voiceover Maybe work. Maybe yeah. I just don't watch anything anymore. Yeah, no, he's been on a lot of, like, animated shows. And he's in, mm. um, okay, so apparently he was, like, one of the lead characters on a show called Franklin and Bash, which was on for three years. Like, he shows up in a lot of things, I think. Um, he's one but, of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite pieces of clueless lore which may or may not be true uh travis's full name in the movie is travis birkenstock which is awesome and so uh <laughs> yeah like the rumor is that he was the heir to the birkenstock fortune like the sandals <laughs> i guess i could buy that yeah and like that's why his parents are rich and like they sent him to this that's school funny and... because i that's much smarter than what i thought I was just like, oh, it's a joke, like, because he's the, like, kind of, like, hippie kid, so his last name is Birkenstock. Yeah. But, or he is actually the heir to the Birkenstock fortune. Yeah. 
which is like a really That's funny. Fun, yeah. Um, who else? Oh, Jeremy Sisto. He's in all sorts of shit. I don't like him, but he plays Why? Elton. I don't know. He just rubs me in the wrong way. It might be because his character, like in this movie, was the first time that I saw him. Well, he was also. I mean, I only know him really from this and from Six Feet Under. But mm-hmm. he was like a bad, also crazy a terrible person, person in there. Six Feet Under. But I like him. Like I think he's a good. He's a good actor. Or maybe he's a terrible person. Or he's a good actor. <laughs> maybe both. <laughs> okay, both yeah, things maybe both. can be true. Um, Mr. Hall, Wallace Shawn of all of the things, including but not limited to uh, Princess Bride, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Good Night Saigon, uh, so many things. He's also great. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to stop just listing actors now. I'm going to um, ask you a question. Okay. So, like, I can tell you which parts of this movie that I was, like, very obsessed with. They're, like, very weird and specific. Mm-hmm. And I assume that everybody has those parts. So, like, what yeah. are yours? Uh, literally the entire movie. Um <laughs> Like, I could probably recite the entire movie from start to finish. Um, but if there's, like, specific scenes, definitely um, the Mighty Mighty Boston scene. Mm-hmm. Because the Mighty Mighty Boston's are there. Um, the, oh my god, the opening scene with her, like, a super amazing wardrobe computer interface, which was, like... So far ahead of its time. Oh yeah, a touchscreen on a CRT monitor, no less. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that her wardrobe. Um, what else? I think the driver's test scene. For some reason, I just really like the costume in that scene. Um. Oh. The party scene when they're when they're at the Val party, mm-hmm. and um, she's in the car with Elton, and then he like leaves her in the middle of nowhere, and then she gets held up at gunpoint. And she's like, "You don't understand. This is an Alaya, uh, Alaya, a fashion designer who just died last week. So Aww. pretty timeless. R.I.P. Um, these are just off the top of my head. I'm sure that there are others though." So I have a few, like, small moments okay. that are mostly um, Alicia Silverstone hair-related. Yeah. But, like, they're, like, everything that I wanted yeah. and want still, I guess. My hair will never be like that, though. Same. Um, yes. But there's, like, the one part where she's, like, sitting on the couch with Josh mm-hmm. and she's combing her hair. She starts with it in front of her face. Like, she has all her hair like brushed in front of her face and then she flips it over and she's putting clips in it for like 20 minutes like I always I always wanted to do that and I'm sure that I tried to mimic that and look terrible her that's actually the worst her hair looks in the movie so I don't know why I wanted to do that yeah I definitely Um, have tried that and I have a very vivid memory of because I also have curly hair getting a brush like stuck (laughs) Which has happened more times than I'd like to admit, long before I ever figured out that I actually can't brush my hair. Um, 
But yeah, no. And then I like got stuck in it, and I tried flipping my hair over, and it just made it worse. But her hair in the entire movie is just always amazing. It's all like silky, like, yeah, and, like like beautiful. Like fifty percent of what my roommate and I talked about while we were watching this was just us going like. Her hair is so shiny. Look at it. It's moving. Oh, look at it. Look how bouncy. Like, we just could not stop talking about her hair. It's it's almost as though her hair is a character itself. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. And then the other hair thing that I loved a lot and, like, have tried to do and can't do is, like, when, when she takes Ty aside to take a picture of her. Mm-hmm. Um... Ty has curly hair and it's in a ponytail and she like tries she like pulls down these like perfect curly wisps of hair and like I have I also used to try to do that to my hair and my hair cannot do that either (laughs) I'm laughing because I know exactly what you mean because then you just start looking like um like Krusty the Clown (laughs) (laughs) or an Orthodox Jew it like could go either way on that uh, yeah, but there's no like at the same time. There's no like adorable wispiness happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't no. know how they did that, and it was, but it was beautiful. Yeah, everyone's hair in this is so good. <laughs> it's true. There's also a lot of hats. Oh my god! As a <laughs> as a hat enthusiast myself, so many hats, so many great hats, so many sailor hats. Really? I spotted at least two sailor hats. One uh, is the red one that Amber wears that like matches her little outfit. The other one, which I had never noticed before, is actually in on the head of an extra during one of the lunch table scenes, and like the person has their back to the camera and they're just like in the background but she's wearing like a light pink sailor hat and then at the end of the movie during the wedding reception scene where the girls are sitting at the table talking about what they want when they get married um Dion says that uh she wants like uh to wear like a sailor dress but it'll be a gown and all of her (laughs) maids of honor will wear sailor hats but with (laughs) veils so not an actual sailor hat, but a sailor hat reference. So another feeling that I had um, watching this that I never had before was that it is kind of weird that she starts dating her stepbrother. Oh, it's super weird. <laughs> I never uh, like worried about it before. Yeah. Yeah, like, I try not to think about that part. Like, <laughs> what like, if uh... they break up one day, but he's... I'm- like obviously considers Mel dad like, like yeah, it's all very strange. It is really weird. Um, so I hope they never break up. Yeah. So apparently, the scene where she comes down the stairs, uh, the, the scene where she's like about to go out on a date with Christian, and she's wearing that white Calvin Klein dress. Um, that her dad is like it looks like underwear and then she he asks her to put something on over it and she puts on a (laughs) sheer see-through shirt that's open which is great um but like josh all of a sudden starts seeing her 
like in a different light. And the music playing is the instrumental version of Gigi from the film Gigi from 1958. Uh, and that movie apparently is also about an older brotherly like character seeing a little girl transform into a beautiful young lady and falling <laughs> in love with her. Oh. Wow. Okay. Gross. Wow. So yeah, that's not a great uh, thing. I can, like, feel a little bit better about it because, like, she's, like, 16 by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a freshman in college. 18 or 19. Like, so that age gap isn't that weird. And then, like, they do talk about how, like, she does say, like, you were barely even married to his mother and that was five years ago. Mm -hmm. So, like, I guess, like, they were barely married. (laughs) So... But, yeah, and I mean, they are not at, related at all. Like, no. that's true. That part of it is true. It's still weird. But, you know, I just... Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this was the first time I'd ever... I was ever like, hmm. Oh, uh, I made this note when I was reading Stacey Dash's Wikipedia article. has nothing to do with the movie, but uh, she competed in a 2008 reality TV series, Celebrity Circus. Prior to the series premiere, she had uh, suffered a broken rib while training, but despite the interview, she performed on the trapeze bungee during the premiere and continued on to be a finalist. She finished second behind Antonio Sabato Jr., so. Yeah, I vaguely remember when that was a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they also <laughs> did. So, like, I, I think it was, like, after Dancing with the Stars started, maybe. And so they were like, oh, we could do this for everything. So they had one called Celebrity Circus, and they also had, I think they had Celebrity Diving. Oh, I think you're right. And they definitely did Celebrity Figure Skating, which, like, didn't go great. <laughs> definitely dancing was the only thing that worked. Yeah. I feel like that's, like, the least dangerous of those. Yeah, but even on that, they get hurt all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I want to watch the video of her now doing the trapeze. I said I'd get to the the wardrobe later, um, and it's come up several times still. But uh, during the film, there are 53 different kinds of tartan plaid used. Seven of which are worn by Cher and 12 by other major characters. Yeah, I mean, so Dion wears that a lot, too. Yeah. If you're, if you're a fan of plaid, you'll be a fan of Clueless. Um, according to As If, a book by Jen Cheney, celebrating the 20th anniversary of the film, though many people think that the costuming budget must have been really high for the film, is actually quite modest for a big block big blockbuster, which is not how I would characterize this, but anyway. Uh, costume designer Mona May wanted to wanted the girls to look like mall rats, not models. So the 63 outfit changes that Cher has only cost $200,000. The biggest costume expense was the plaid Jean-Paul Gaultier outfit that Alicia Silverstone wears in the opening scenes. So that yellow the plaid yellow one, one, which is by far, like, worth it. <laughs> And Dion has on the same outfit, except it's black and white. Yeah. Uh, and she also has that amazing hat. I wonder how, how much did that, that outfit cost? Uh, I, I, the Wikipedia article did not specify. I'm going to find out. Uh, but Alicia Silverstone got to keep 
all of her outfits. Oh, man. It is funny, like, watching them in the movie. They're always at the mall, like, mm-hmm. but they're supposed to be these, like, rich girls, but they definitely look like they're shopping in, like, stores that I shopped in when I was 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the mall scenes were all filmed at a mall in Sherman Oaks, California. Um, but it, yeah, it just looks like a regular mall, as malls do, generally. Um, but uh, Alicia Silverstone apparently gave all those costumes away for charity or whatever, which is a point. She, she would. She's, she's one of those, isn't she? She likes to do good things. She cares about animals and stuff, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if this is her or if this is true, if I'm mixing up something else. I think also when she had a child, she was like baby birding food into its mouth for some like <laughs> weird vegan reason that I don't remember. Interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. That might not be true. Uh, her uh, speech in debate class about um, Haitian refugees, she mispronounced Haitian Hadians. Uh, Mm -hmm. And apparently that speech is a full minute longer. I have to actually track down this video because... Oh, I would like to hear it. Yeah, apparently it was used in its entirety as the first half of an original theatrical trailer. It was cut for the final film. But featured additional comparisons to her garden party, including a rant on mismatched chairs, which was totally (laughs) icky. And I feel like... She actually makes like a really good, like a compelling I like that argument. and concise I don't know argument. Why. I'm mad every time Mr. Hall is not impressed, and I'm mad every time Amber's like, "Mr. Hall, how do I answer that?" <laughs> like she wasn't listening if she doesn't know how to answer that. Yeah, um, but I I feel like maybe part of the reason that they cut the speech was to make it like. A little bit seem like a little bit more just like off the cuff and ridiculous mm-hmm. but like if you actually listen to what she says it makes sense may i remind you that it does not say rsvp on the statue, statue of liberty, of liberty. Uh, also, apparently she did not know how to pronounce the word Haitians, so she said Haitians, and Amy Heckerling, uh, like, told all the crew members not to correct her, because she, like, just thought it sounded, it, like, well, it's was... perfect. Yeah. Oh, According... I'm reading an article right now that says that Amy Heckerling's grandparents were stepbrother and stepsisters, so that's why she didn't think really? the Sharon Josh thing... That's why she didn't think it was weird. Oh, that is very... Very interesting. Um, I came across this when I was um, doing research that um, she went to the High School of Art and Design in New York City. And on her Mm -hmm. first day of school there, she realized she wanted to be a film director because uh, during their first assignment, they were assigned to write about what they wanted to do in life. And she wrote down that she wanted to be a writer or an artist for Mad Magazine. And then she noticed that the boy sitting next to her had, had um, he wrote that he had wanted to be a film director. And she said that he had, like, copied from her later on in the class all the time. And she said, quote, I was really annoyed because I thought if an idiot like that guy could, could say he wanted to be a director, then so could I. And certainly <laughs> I should be a director more than he should. It had never occurred to me that that was a job possibility. He put the thought in my head because until then I would, I would have never thought of saying I wanted to do that. It didn't seem to be one of those jobs that would be open to me. Um, mm. So I love that she's a spite director. 
<laughs> that made me laugh really hard. Because um, I had that feeling before. Where I'm like, oh, this motherfucker can do it. I can definitely handle this. Um, which has been my uh, salve for imposter syndrome, especially over the course of the the last year. The like, if Donald Trump can be president, I can do anything. <laughs> Uh, Amy Heckerling actually makes a cameo in the film as one of Miss Geist's maid of honor at the wedding scene. Oh. And she is also in the bouquet catching scene and is the source of most of the struggling. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. And in the in the bouquet scene, somebody's head definitely gets sat on. <laughs> like straight up <laughs> sat on. Like it looks like it hurt. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, Cher's house is always filled with really beautiful flower arrangements. That's a thing that I noticed for the first time when I was watching it this time. There's just, like, really good flowers in the house that are just, like, fresh all of the time. Which yeah, is very expensive. Is beautiful. Yeah. Um, the columns date all the way back to 1970. <laughs> There's actually a giant, uh, painted portrait of her mother in the foyer, I guess, of her house. Yeah. It's just big open space when you walk in the front door. Um, and I don't know if you noticed this, but she looks exactly like Greta Gerwig. Oh, it's, well, I think she looks exactly like... I thought she looks exactly like Alicia Silverstone, who also looks like Greta Gerwig. Yeah, that's that's true. But she, I, I would say that she looks more like Greta Gerwig than she does like Alicia Silverstone. I can see or that. Maybe but it's, they're they're pretty yeah. similar looking. Yeah. Actors who auditioned for this film included Reese Witherspoon for Cher, Terrence Howard for Murray, Jeremy Renner for Christian and Josh, um, Zoe Deschanel for Amber, which would have been interesting, and Cher. <laughs> Uh, Owen Wilson for Travis, Leah Remini for Ty, Seth Green for Travis, which seems very obvious, um, and Lauren Hill for Dion. That would have been interesting. Do you think Suck and Blow is a real game that people actually play in real life? I don't know, but I'm sure they did after this movie. Yeah, because it said um, that during the filming that scene, the cast were unable to sustain breath to make like a real credit card pass from mouth to mouth. So they made a prop card out of cardboard. Um, like and that the credit card work. was too heavy? Yeah. And so they then they poked holes into it to make it even easier. And then this failed also. So the whole cast's lips were heavily coated in chapstick to force the card to stick, which just sounds oh, so gross. I'm going to try to suck a credit card onto my mouth the next time I'm near my wallet. Mm, you could probably try it with something that hasn't made contact with a thousand dirty mm, things. I don't know. I don't feel that worried. I just wrote down the tennis scene. Um, I think that's when I was the most shocked when I watched this again as an yeah. adult. The joke about balls being near Amber's face. I have a note from my plastic surgeon that says he doesn't want me participating in anything where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. I just yeah. like, couldn't believe that joke. <laughs> it's so good. It's so like good. there's, But that scene is just so good because it's just like one... 
amazing line after another. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> Dee, I told you, when your allergies act up, take out your nose ring. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just, that scene is so good. She could be a farmer in those clothes. I feel like, did they say, like, exactly where Ty is from? Like, I know she's from... No, but she sounds like she's from New York. Mm -hmm. They don't say, though. I always thought that, like, the implication was that she was from New York City. But I think now that I watched it, um, she seems, like, too naive to be from But she talks about doing drugs. Yeah. And she's, like, not a virgin. Like, she seems to have had a bunch of sex. Yeah. I... There... There could be, like, like a... An... A hidden storyline where, like, no, that wouldn't make sense. Never mind. No, finish the thought. They could like, like I think, I think a lot about like why Ty, why they had to move, because they don't say anything about like why they moved there, and she doesn't talk about her parents at all or her family at all. So, like, I don't know. Why do you think she moved there? Well, uh. I learned as an adult that my childhood best friend had moved away very suddenly because his parents were growing and selling pot, and (laughs) apparently, um, like, the the law was, like, closing in on them, and they had picked up and moved to Colorado very suddenly. So maybe something like that? I don't know. (laughs) I was going to say that, like, it could have been a move, because she sounds like she was bad news, like, (laughs) wherever they were from before. She was like doing coke and like having sex. She's like fifteen. Um, so I was gonna say maybe maybe they moved to give her a fresh start, but like maybe probably Beverly Hills would not be the correct place for them to move to do that. It would not be my first choice, no. So never mind, that's a bad that's a bad idea. According to the script, the restaurant scene where they are talking about dicks. Um, it was supposed to take place at a California pizza kitchen, but when the CEO, when they read the breadstick slash penis jokes in the script, they would not allow filming to take place in their restaurants. <laughs> Did you watch the TV show ever? Maybe when it was first on, but it wasn't yeah. good. Nope. Right? No, it wasn't. It was not. I don't think anyway. Uh. Like, what, what did they, like, what were the, can you remember any, like, plot lines from the show? Oh, no, definitely not. Because, <laughs> like, what would happen? I'm, I'm, like, I'm curious how you would develop these characters in a TV show. Like, the movie is so, it seems so complete the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to think about what else they're doing with their <laughs> lives. And, like... Like, whatever, okay, you can replace Cher, I guess, with another actress. But, like, is Josh in it? I guess he is. No, Paul, I, I don't well, know if Paul the character Rudd's is, but it. Paul Rudd's not. But the not. character, Josh, is in it. Mm. Oh, God, and he was played, oh, okay. And he was played by a guy who played, who was on Hey Dude, and who was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah, I know exactly what guy that is. Um... He, he, yeah. Let me, I, I'm taking a look. It, uh, the TV show premiered the same night as Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Whoa. Yeah. 
David Lasher. Oh, yeah. He does look familiar. You know that guy. Yeah. He was in lots of stuff. But so yeah. does that mean that Cher and Josh were still together in the TV show? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think, like, in 1995, how many... I'm wondering how rare or not rare it was for a teenage gay character to appear. I mean, it definitely was significantly less common um, than it is now. Not that it's even common now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I hesitate to use the word groundbreaking. I don't think that's what no, this is. No, I don't is. think it was groundbreaking. Um, but aside from the string of derogatory terms that Murray uses to um, tell Cher that he that Christian is gay, um, I think it it's great that they just that she's just like, oh, I guess I can't have sex with him, but that's okay. Like we can still go shopping together, and then it's like it's never a problem after that for no. that character or for anyone around him, which is nice. Yeah, no, you never... I mean, you never see him get treated badly because of it. But he also doesn't talk about it. Yeah. Like, obviously Cher thinks they're dating and he never straight up says to her, like, no, I don't like women. Yeah, well, he may not know... faces at her. Yeah. I he may not be like a hundred percent clear himself, you know. Yeah, I think no, it takes sense. people a long time to figure out like who and what they like. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And I especially in the mid nineties, I mean <laughs> I have younger friends that are like just have been out forever and it's just like not a big deal at all. And, like, when we were in high school, it was still, like, a pretty big deal to come out. Um, and, like, I don't know. It just seems like there are so many more. <laughs> like, there are things that I, did, like, didn't even know were an option, you know, that are, like, <laughs> fairly common now. You, yeah. I don't know if that is, if I'm articulating that right. But, like, I didn't know that it was an option to be bisexual, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, like, yeah. anything else. Um, you are either gay or not gay. Um, so I think, you know, it takes a person time in their life to figure that stuff out. And like, it's hard to figure that kind of stuff out when you don't even know like what the possibilities are. Yeah. And when like everything that you see any gay or gay-ish character in dies at like a horrible, tragic or meets right. a horrible, tragic yeah. end, which, right. like, continues to be the case in a lot of media. Uh, I think... That can't possibly be all of the trivia that I wrote down. <laughs> oh, I found one while we were talking that I really liked. Okay. What? Um, Cher had no last name in the script. Oh, yeah. And so Mr. Hall made it up um, when, like, the first time he, like, said her name. Yeah. And... This is that this article says that if you look on her report card, it doesn't say Cher Horowitz. It says, um, where is it? I lost it. 
Um, it's like another H name. And the, yeah, on the not... report card, it says uh, Cher Hamilton. Right, right, right. We were talking a little bit about before we recorded that the Wikipedia page says that Cher's full name is Sherilyn, mm-hmm. which I didn't believe. And then I looked up what Cher, the famous Cher's yeah. full name is, and it's Sherilyn. So I guess it's the same. Yeah. Well, she was named she... after her. <laughs> she says of uh, her and Dion. Well, first she says um, we're friends because we know what it's like to have people who are jealous of us. But then she also says, um, and we're both named after famous singers of the 70s that now do infomercials. Just <laughs> so good. Um, the part of Mr. Hall was actually based on real Beverly Hills high debate teacher named Herb Hall, a friend <laughs> of Amy Heckerling's. And as a favor, the real Herb Hall was given the part of the school principal. But I don't know. Like, do you ever see the principal? No. Yeah, I don't think so. I really like the attitude of the teachers in this movie towards the kids because the kids are just awful when they're in class. Mm -hmm. They're like clearly don't care about class. They're on their cell phones. They're talking to each other. They're just like basically being the worst. Oh, oh, you mean they're being teenagers in high school? (laughs) Yeah, but like worse (laughs) Um, because, you know, they're all spoiled and like whatever. Mm -hmm. So like I like like Miss Geist just like wants them to care so badly. And then, like, I love the part where Elton's, like, she's, like, begging them to, like, help with something and some disaster. And, My foot and hurts. Elton's, Can like, I go to the nurse? No not, no, not even that part, although I think that's hilarious. My foot hurts. Um, he just is, like, can I use the past? And she's, like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, she just is, like. Yeah, he uh, does that, like, several times. First, <laughs> it's, I got to go to the quad before somebody snags my cranberry CD. Uh and then that his foot hurts, and then can I use the pass? Um, the character of Elton is interesting to me because he is as one-dimensional as, like, most female characters are in a lot of other <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, true. You know, like, the only things that we know about him is that his father is a big deal, he's clearly an asshole, and also that he likes the cranberries, and, like, that's it. <laughs> and that he does not like being in class. Right. He also doesn't like getting off the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. If, like, we watched a movie and it was switched around and he was a girl, we would be like, ugh, they didn't develop that character at all. Yeah. But he also... All we know about her is that she listens to the cranberries. <laughs> but also, like, he's... He... In the end, I don't think we're supposed to like Elton. Oh, definitely not. So they kind of, like, you know, we didn't get attached to him because mm-hmm. he had no personality anyway. No, he has a personality. He's just... It's a shitty person. <laughs> but she is... So I was thinking about it, and, like, he's trying to hit on her the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And she looks like she's into it. I don't think that's true. I mean, I it seems to me that she's made it very clear that she's not going to be dating high school boys. Like, No, I do think that that's true, yes. You know, and, like, not just to her friends. She's just like, no. <laughs> get out of my face Uh, yeah like what yeah when I think about where she's not well I guess I don't know it's tricky because he is always touching her and she's always touching him back yeah 
But then I'm like, oh, gross, he's just creepy, and she doesn't know how to tell him to stop. Yeah, I think that's probably more likely. Or she just thinks that he's her friend. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. (laughs) Because I do think she does know how to tell him to stop. Yeah, well, and she clearly does when it comes down to it. Yeah. I love the scene where, um, like, immediately before she realizes, oh, my God, I love Josh. But she's like... It's like a montage of her like wandering the streets of Beverly Hills with voiceover of her thinking about like Ugh, why do I feel so icky and she she even says the line I had this overwhelming sense of ickiness um which always makes me laugh because like I don't know if this happens to you but like before I get my period I'm like why do I feel so terrible everything is the worst and everything hurts why 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 and then I and I've been getting my period for over 15 years now and every time I'm surprised <laughs> and I'm like I'm, oh right PMS is a thing that's I why I am never surprised because I always know why it's happening yeah but like it doesn't change anything. Like, I'm always just like, I don't care. This is still the worst. <laughs> like, it yeah. doesn't, like, even if I recognize why it's happening, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, that's true. But um, a, a friend of mine and I use the, the phrase overwhelming sense of achiness as, like, shorthand for, like, oh, I forgot that PMS is a thing again. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I'm less surprised by it now because I use a convenient period tracking app, but which I highly recommend. Clue. It's great. I just use a calendar. That works too. I'm not really a calendar person. (laughs) Oh, I'm a very calendar person. Everybody claps for Cher a lot in this movie. Do you think (laughs) that that's real or is that like in her imagination a little bit? (laughs) I think that it might be a little bit in her imagination. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, several times where she walks into a room and everybody applauds. Yeah. It's so good. Ugh, God, this movie is just so good. There is one example that I heard of a thing that you can't say in yeah, movie anymore. There's a couple of those. Oh, I only caught one that I was like, oh, you definitely can't say that. And it's when she says, she says, I'm such a retard. Yeah. You definitely can't say that anymore. I think uh, Ty also says a shortened version of that word later in the film. She does? Yeah. Um, (laughs) When they're, like, burning the souvenirs of her non-relationship with Elton. Or, like, when she's, like, telling Cher that, like, something. It has something to do with that. She, like, is about to throw the tape in the fire and she's like, don't Mm -hmm. burn that. Um, yeah, there was something else that I was like, ooh, but I don't remember <laughs> what it was now. Oh, it was just, it's the, the string of derogatory terms for a gay person that Marie uses when they're in the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, to circle back about what I said about, um, Stacey Dash being Clueless Cannon, um, I also wrote down, like, what if she's Alex P. Keaton type character? <laughs> this I'm just fleshing out this idea that I have of her growing up to be Stacy Dash. But anyway. Like can't you see that being the case? Like her parents are all like, you know, super rich and like whatever and then she's like super conservative as like a reaction to that. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. 
He also wrote down Snackwells. You remember Snackwells? I remember Snackwells. Were there Snackwells in this? There is. Uh, at the the lunch table scene when everyone's like gathered around Ty and she's telling them about her near-death experience. There was a lot of product placement in this. Yeah. A lot of... There was Coke. There was yeah. Minute Maid. Uh-huh. There was... What else? There, there's... Uh, I love... This is like another shorthand PMS thing. I feel like such a heifer. I had two bowls of Special K, three pieces of turkey bacon, a handful of popcorn, five peanut butter M&Ms, and like three pieces of licorice. So she's like using brand names for that, but um, <laughs> it just made me think of it. She also has a Starbucks cup in the skate park scene towards the end of the movie. Oh yeah, there was another that was the second Starbucks. Mm. In 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 the earlier when they bring the lawyers food. Oh the yeah. Starbucks cup. Yeah. I love the scene <laughs> I think we we're, we're just gonna wind up talking about literally every scene in the movie just out of sequence. Um the before that when Ty gets to that party slash concert thing or whatever they're at and she falls down the stairs and <laughs> um, Cher is dancing with Christian and you just see a montage of Ty just standing there and like changing the way that she has her shirt tied and like and putting her hair putting it in her hair yeah, and like, changing the way that too. she looks and she's just like standing there looking so uncomfortable um, I find that highly relatable yeah I really like that also um, do you think that they're good role models? Um, I mean, they're not not good <laughs> role models. Um, you know, Cher says, you see how picky I am about my shoes, and those only go on my feet. Um, and I think that's a, a nice, a nice thing to teach children. It's like, picky <laughs> about, about the people that you date. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, because we saw this when we were so young. Yeah, I wouldn't hold them up as being like model. No. Models no. to base your life off of. Um, but they could be worse, terrible. and they do. Yeah, like they do care about being good and doing the right yeah. thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh. Well, apparently. Uh. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone gave the film four stars, contrasting it to the more adult-oriented film about teenagers released around the same time, Kids, stating, the materialism oh. in Clueless is almost as scary as the hopelessness in Kids. Um, <laughs> which I think is... I think that's an overstatement. I don't think that the materialism in Clueless is really... No, well, nothing is as scary as the well, hopelessness in Kids. But, uh, it's you hard. know... Like, so here, because here's what I was just thinking about as I was like, like, because I also, I also grew up not like rich, but like pretty good, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, so it feels, it felt relatable and like good to see someone else who was like, also, you know, wealthy and like doing well and like more spoiled than I was, but like, 
pretty much doing the bare minimum and being <laughs> graduated for it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like kind of. I mean, uh, to this day, I'm very much a proponent of doing the bare minimum. No, being well, no, I know I, I am too. But also, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> Yeah, not great. Yeah, but I um, will I will direct your attention back to the Amy Heckerling quote that I read before about the dummy who she was sitting next to in her high school class and realized <laughs> that if he wanted to be a director, so could she. Uh, <laughs> this is something that definitely would not fly in a movie now either, which is that Mr. Hall passes out the um, the report cards. <laughs> And Travis is so upset, he tries to jump out the window, and Mr. Hall says, and will you please hold the suicide attempts until the next period? Yeah, I don't know if you can make that joke anymore. But you that definitely was when, can't. That was when I wrote the note about how chill, like, how chill I think the teachers are. Like, yeah. he, he's just so, like, able to diffuse that situation, like, as if it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, the soundtrack is also good. The soundtrack is great. And I think that does it for all of my notes. Oh, except that uh, the writers sat in on classes at Beverly Hills High to get the flavor of the students. Oh, I wonder, like, how much of this they actually pulled from people. Yeah. I feel like when they're going through, like, the quad and Cher is pointing out, like, all the different kinds of all the different groups like that seemed very real mm-hmm. uh, in addition to the spin-off tv show it also spawned a series of books apparently what kind of books i don't know books let's see if i can find more information about that oh they have their own wikipedia article uh clueless parentheses novels uh, Simon Spotlight Entertainment spun off a collection of paperback books from 1995 to 1999 aimed at adolescent readers, mostly by written by H.B. Gilmore and Randy Reesford, Reesford, published by Simon & Schuster. Oh, there are a lot of them! There's 21 listed here! I'm just going to read off the names. First one's just Clueless. Two, Cher Negotiates New York, which I would read. <laughs> uh, three, An American Betty in Paris. Four, Achieving Personal Perfection. Look, I'm looking at the covers of these books right now, and oh, they use they use uh, Alicia Silverstone and Rachel, what's her name? What's her last name? The woman who played Cher in the TV show. They use them completely interchangeably on the oh, covers. No. <laughs> Stacey Dash appears to be on a lot of them. Okay. There's some rando redhead. Sometimes it's Amber and sometimes it's not Amber. <laughs> but is it like somebody that's supposed to look like Amber or just a I totally think, different character? I think so. Yeah, because she has weird hair like Amber had. Okay. Shares furiously fit workout. Yeah. Friend or foe. Oh my god. Spelled F-A-U-X. Uh, Cher goes environmental, enviro-mental, <laughs> Baldwin, Baldwin from, another, from planet. another planet, too hottie to handle, 
share and share mm-hmm. alike. I don't understand. What I want to read one. I yeah, I would definitely read Share Negotiates New York. That's the thing that I would do. Uh, a totally share affair, romantically correct, chronically crushed, babes in boyland, dude with a tude. <laughs> shares frantically romantic assignment extreme sisterhood southern fried makeover okay uh betty palooza and shares guide to dot 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 whatever that's a lot of books yeah i guess by the time that those would have come out we would have maybe been too old to read them like why didn't we know about that I don't know. I'm not a big reader. I'm definitely not a big reader of like novels, novels based on movies that I've liked. No, I guess. But like, how many of those are there? Like, you say that, like, that's a thing. Oh, well, okay. So, uh, Cage Club co founder Mike Manzi is starting a new podcast where he's watching only the third movie. Mm-hmm. of film franchises and he said that part of like as an episode segment he's going to be reading from the novelizations of as many of them as oh he my. can find okay, novelizations so that's the thing i take it back oh my god it is a huge huge industry they they make novelizations of just about everything these days it's wild right. i guess make as much money as you can from the thing that everybody likes yep where did you find all of the um, book covers? Oh, I just Googled it and they came up on my Google. Oh, okay. Came up with lots of unrelated stuff. <laughs> Costumes are just so good. They're Ugh. so good. What's your favorite one? Oh, my God. I don't even know if I could pick. I mean, I think probably the, like, Alaya dress and jacket combo. Um but the yellow plaid is definitely up there. She has this one kind of goth look um, when she comes into the kitchen and Josh, like we see Josh for the first time and he's like raiding the, frig- the refrigerator. I well, think yeah, that's that kind of goth. And she's like she painting has... her dark lipstick on. Yeah, that's a that's a great look. And she's wearing like a cross necklace, like a, a long mm-hmm. cross necklace. Um, and then the other one is a red plaid look that she's wearing with a hat when she walks out into the like lunch table area and everyone starts um, applauding for her and she like curtsies. That's a really good one. I really like the jacket that she wears to the party. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But also the driver's test outfit. Mm -hmm. I like that one a lot too. I like the outfit that Ty wears when they give her the makeover and it has the yeah. big heart on the sweater. I like yeah. that one. And oh, and I like her gym outfit. It's just like oh, yeah. black shorts and a white t shirt, except she puts a black spaghetti strap tank top over her white t shirt and it yeah. looks great. Oh yeah, it does. It all, like all of it looks great all of the time. And also like her spandex onesie that she's wearing my eyes over I, and my buns they don't feel nothing that, like steel right now I'd totally I would wear it right and yeah. wear it every day i would too yeah they have really great leotards on in that scene i don't remember what ty is wearing because i just am always so distracted by 
Alicia Silverstone. No, she has something cute on too. She has on like matching shorts and a sports bra. Mm, yeah. You said you don't like any of Amber's costumes, right? Because mm, she has a few that I so. like a lot. I'm going to look right now. I mean, I like the dress that her and Cher both wear. Mm-hmm. I like Amber's gym outfit. Oh, man. The very first thing that came up is her in the red sailor hat, which I forgot <laughs> has a dollar sign on the front. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, the black, like, like Amber. feathery thing yeah. with um, the choker. I like that one, too. Oh, and the, the photo shoot scene. She's wearing this insane outfit. Uh, first of all, her she has pigtail braids that are, like, wired up, like... They're, like, Pippi Longstocking braids. Yeah, yeah. And then she's wearing the, this, like, crazy striped sweater dress with striped thigh highs, I think. I'm not sure if it's all one piece or if it's a dress and stockings, but I, I 100% would wear that. <laughs> Who's the Asian girl? <laughs> um, they like Summer. barely ever even name her. Yeah, her name is Summer. She's the one who is carrying the light up snowman outside of the Val party and who gives Ty a ride home. She seems like she was supposed to be, or like she seems like she's a character who maybe had more scenes that got cut. Yeah, I think so. What's weird about like Amber is that like it seems like they kind of hang out, but also not really. Like also they hate each other. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Sure. Well, that was definitely all my notes. Yeah, I think it was all mine too. I'm just looking at pictures now. Oh man, onset Polaroids of all of oh, Amber's really? looks. Yeah, That's they're pretty wild. Cute. I don't know if these are from the movie or the TV show though, because these are a lot of things. Uh, it's just such a good movie. Oh my god. <sighs> When she gets into Christian's car and he's like, you like Billy Holiday? And she says, I love him. <laughs> I think we've now recited the entire movie. Literally every scene? Yeah. I'm trying to think if we actually did miss any scenes. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say about mm, Nope. Nope. Me neither. So I guess that does it for this episode of Wistful Thinking. Uh, you can find us online at cageclub.me, along with all of the other great Cage Club podcasts, uh, all things movie and nostalgia podcasts. Um, hopefully our next episode will be the episode that was supposed to be in this one's spot, uh, which is also about something that is a Jane Austen adaptation that we don't love nearly anywhere near as much. Um, so we'll talk to you then. Send us an email at wistfulpod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at wistfulpod. And 
I think that's it. So, goodbye. <laughs> Bye.